Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Genesis. It's from chapter 1. It skips a few parts, so don't think I just skipped over it. <laughs> In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Uh, thank you, Matt, for reading scripture. Matt, uh, is this your like third time in worship? Yeah, yeah. yeah isn't that awesome? So, uh, <laughs> you, you be careful if you're a first time guest. You might get tagged to serve communion. We're, uh, I, I love that about UBC that. Um, that we say, come on, you know, come and join. Um, so thank you for saying yes and reading so beautifully. Uh, my name is Brittany. I figure if, if I get on Darius for introducing, I should get on myself too. My name is Brittany, and I'm the pastor. And uh, so good to have you here today on this second Sunday of Advent. I want to thank that Heather for so bravely sharing. It is, um, it is one thing to share your testimony with someone one-on-one. It is completely different to stare out at, at um, strangers and friends uh, with a spotlight shining on you um, and being so vulnerable. And so I, d- I just want to thank you, Heather, for, for, for doing that. Um, and I want to thank all of you for doing that week after week. And um, if I email you, please respond and just say no if you don't want to do it. But... Um, <laughs> Let us start with prayer. God, creator of all, of heaven and earth, of water and land, of fish and fowl, of joy and sorrow, you are in all things. Open our hearts to the reading of this word. 
Open my mouth that I might honor you. Open our ears that we might hear how you move and breathe and live in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are continuing our wonderful world sermon series today uh, through the lens of the second script, uh, the second verse of the Louis Armstrong song. I'm going to start us out. If you know it, I encourage you to join in um, because my voice is about a five out of ten. You know, it's okay, but I probably can't hold my own too long. Um, and then, uh, for sure, I know you guys are going to know the last line. So. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yeah. Colin, next week, you gotta, you gotta, and it, and it changes, so I'm really glad I don't have to preach next week, because it, it gets a little more complicated um, musically, so we'll have the children on it. Y'all, there is so much wonder. The, the line that stood out for me over and over this week is the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and there is so much wonder in the bright blessed day. I could write whole, a whole sermon series on the bright blessed day. Um, and in some ways, we, that was what last week's sermon was about, right? The, the um, wonder and beauty in this world that is bright and blessed. So this week, I've been thinking a lot about the dark, sacred night. And I've been thinking about that because we, in general, are a people that loves light. We choose light over darkness any day of the week, Right? And and some to varying degrees. I'm one of those people that goes into a dark room and I'm like, turn all the lights on. Um, Some people like, you know, mood lighting and that's good. But we we think about light as as being a place of safety, right? Uh, That that dark is unsafe and that light is safe. Just the other uh, week, my neighbor texted us and said that another neighbor's garage had been broken into. And our first response was, oh, let's make sure all the lights are on around our house so that it's safer. Um, do, you guys, do you guys think that way? Like, light is safer. I was reading an article that even said that um, people who, like, break into houses, they also think that it's safer to break into lit houses than dark houses. Um, the, 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 it was an author of a book that said he thinks that actually... Brightness is not safer. <laughs> um, but what happens is when we can't readily see, when we are in a place of darkness, it feels scary or unsafe. And so we want to push toward the light. We want everything to be lit. And, and I mean this in a, a literal sense and a metaphorical sense, right? Over the last hundred years, we have created this new phenomenon called light pollution. Check out uh, this picture in this, this really cool article I read about uh, light pollution. Uh, this, oh, the other one, sorry, the first one. Yep. This is what the United States looked like um, in the 1950s. Um, and this was 97, that's the closest. And this is what they think it's going to look like in 2025. They say that right now, at the point that we're in, that anywhere uh, 
east of the Mississippi, so in case you failed geography, that's us. We live east of the Mississippi. You can't actually see a brilliant dark sky. Like, it, it's impossible to see. That um, you have to kind of go into the west, like um, Death Valley is one place, and some of the natural uh, parks, where you can actually see the real dark sky. If you can go to the next screen, or next slide. Um, so they invented this scale of one to nine of, of um, a, like a brilliant dark, like this would be like before electricity, um, and there was actually real darkness, and they rate that as a one. They said there's very few places left on Earth where you can get to that real one dark sky. And this is what we, so you see all those stars? And this is what we see, nine We see something uh, with a light on it in the sky, and we say, oh, look, a star. Oh, no, it's a plane, (laughs) right? We are a people that loves brightness and light, and as a result, we have lost the dark night sky. And in some ways, we can even like rationalize this biblically in a way, almost. We can say, oh, you know, as Christians, we have this really beautiful scripture passage in, um, the, in John 1, which, by the way, we read a creation story today. John 1 is another creation story of sorts. It's, a, it's another way to look at the le- uh, world through the lens of Jesus. And so we, we read this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And here it is. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. We could could proof text if we wanted and say, oh, see, the light shines in the darkness. We're supposed to plug it up and make lots of light in this world, right? But I actually don't think that that's what this passage is about. This is actually one of my favorite passages to read on Christmas Eve night. Um, we're not doing a Christmas Eve night service anymore because we don't have the place where we used to worship, so we don't have the opportunity to worship at night. Um, I'll send you guys an email with other worshiping options in the evening. But one of my favorite things to do is when it's dark outside. And uh, we all start singing Silent Night. And we turn out all the lights. And the room is full of glow, of candles. I see some of you that have been there for the service, right? And I read this passage at the end of that when there's, there's darkness and yet this glow of candles. And I say, what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. The thing about this passage is that it says, the light shines in the darkness. Not the light obliterates the darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. The two, light and dark, they cohabitate together. Neither overcomes one another because they are both, they are both creations from God. The bright, blessed day and the dark, sacred night. Today we heard, in the beginning 
when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. And the darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept across the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light and said it was good. And God separated the light from the dark. And God named them both. God named the light, light. (laughs) Day, I'm sorry. And the darkness, God called night. Now, some might stop right there and say, see, Brittany, God called light good, but didn't say anything about darkness. So darkness we just have to put up with. But that's actually not true. At the end of the creation story, we read this too, when you know, we skipped ahead to the very end. It says that God made everything. After God had made everything, our creator looked down at all of the beauty and horror that had been made. God looked at the light and the dark. God looked at the aardvark and the alligator. God looked at the hilltops and the hurricanes. All of creation, our creator looks at it all and declares, it is very good. All of it is good. God created all of it. And Jesus comes to redeem all of it. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again today, and I'll probably say it again in two weeks. Who knows? Because it's something that I believe to be true. Oftentimes we get into either-or thinking. If light is good, then we think darkness must be bad. Or if we are feeling joy, then there's no room for sorrow or anger. Or... You either, people will say, are you a, do you love mountains or water, right? You've heard that question, right? Or I'm about to be real personal. You're either, you can only be a Bears fan or a Packers fan. Never both. I was expecting an amen from that. How many of you are Bears fans? How many of you are Packers fans? How many of you love both of the teams equally? Oh, we've got some Christian maturing to do here. See, the truth of the matter is these dichotomies don't do anyone any good. And really, I was joking, but the mark of a mature Christian is being able to hold, maybe not bears and packers, but like to hold two things together that want to be separated. And this season of Advent, it challenges these notions of dichotomies And it says we can find wonder in both the bright blessed day and the dark sacred nights. Day and night, they're not separate, but they're part of the same creation. Light and dark, joy and sorrow, they're all part of the same realm. This is the wonder that Jesus came to show us. This is the wonder of the incarnation. God made flesh fully human, And fully divine. You want to talk about another dichotomy? Fully human and fully divine. Both and, right? One of the scientists that I was reading about this dark, uh, diminishing darkness in the night sky, 
And I love it when scientists say something because oftentimes science and religion get pitted against each other, and I think actually they're beautiful partners. So listen to this bit of wisdom that the scientist, what he says. He's speaking about the class one darkness, that, that darkness that, um, that's diminishing. He says, class one darkness is so dark that it's bright. That's the great thing. The darker it gets, he says, the brighter the night is. Isn't that beautiful? The darker it gets, the brighter the night is. We live in a world of both and. There is great joy in the season of Advent. I know in my house, every morning, there is a little creature that bounds out of bed full of joy to go get her chocolate candy in the advent candle or calendar. And you all may not have five-year-olds, but how many of you are jumping out of bed to get your chocolate candy with the advent candy? Any of you guys doing advent calendars? Yes. See, I knew it. There is great joy in this season, and I'm not just talking about chocolates in an advent calendar. There's great joy in this season. And there's also great grief in this season. Just looking at our prayer requests over the last couple of weeks, I can see that this congregation is not immune to sorrow, anger. Among those um, of us in this room today or in our, in our bigger fold of a congregation, there are folks who are feeling lonely, feeling isolated. There are folks who are looking for employment, there are folks who, um, who have family in Puerto Rico that are so worried about them and not knowing what to do. There are folks who have begun the journey of sobriety. There are folks who have experienced the death of someone they love, either in the last month or a long time ago. This season... It is supposed to be a time of great joy, and yet sometimes because of that like overwhelming sense of, oh, we're all supposed to feel joy, when we don't feel it, it makes it even harder, right? Many of us might carry grief over um, love that we maybe never had as a child, or maybe grief over uh, love that we used to have, but we don't have any longer. It's a hard season. It's a season of bright, blessed days and dark, sacred nights. One Advent devotion book that I enjoy reading during this season of Advent is by a woman, uh, author and artist named Jan Richardson. Her Advent book, she printed it 10 years ago and it just went through a reprinting. It's called Night Visions. And it offers reflections reminding me of the wonder of the bright blessed day and the dark sacred nights. For years, she's been writing about Advent. um, And then about four years ago, on the second day of Advent, her husband died unexpectedly. She understandably did not uh, post onto her blog that year. Um, But the following year, She came back and started posting every week about Advent. And she came back with a writing. It's just like a four- or five-page document called Luminous Darkness, Searching for Solace in Advent and Christmas. 
And if you're in the midst of grief or loss, I encourage you to find this resource and read it. You can, um, her, her webpage is called The Advent Door, or if you want to text me or email me, I'll be happy to connect you to it. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm going to read a bit from, her, from one of her passages in this writing, but before I do that, I want to name, um, if you can put up this slide about the Blue Christmas, uh, at Urban Village Church, we know that this is a time of bright, blessed days and dark, sacred nights, and so if you, you're probably feeling both, right? It doesn't have to be one or another, but we want to honor that, and we have a Blue Christmas service this Wednesday night, um, December 13th at 7 in Dixon Chapel. It's downtown at the Chicago Temple. Um, our own Taylor has been organizing it with another student pastor um, of discipleship, and it is going to be a time of scripture reading and singing um, and listening to testimony, and I'm looking for Demetrius. Demetrius is going to be offering a testimony about um, a difficult time that he went through um, a couple of years ago. Our lay chaplains will be on hand. This is a service where, um, at least in years past, they've passed out tissues as you go in because it's a service that is holding all of that pain and grief. So um, if, if you're at a place in, in um, life that needs that, I, I really hope that you will come to that service. Anyway, so um, here is a reading from Jan Richardson. the deepest darkness is the place where God comes to us in the womb in the night in the dreaming when we are lost when our world has come undone when we cannot see the next step on the path in all the darkness that attends our life whether hopeful darkness or horrendous God meets us God's first priority is not to do away with the dark, but to be present to us in it. I will give you the treasures of darkness, God says in Isaiah 45, 3, the riches hidden in secret places. For the Christ who was born two millennia ago, for the Christ who seeks to be born in us this day, the darkness is where incarnation begins. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't it make you want to read her other writings? It is so easy. Just look around. It is so easy to find wonder in the bright, blessed day. In this season of Advent, I invite you to also search the shadows, to find wonder in the dark, sacred night. I invite you to go into it, to be present to it, to listen to it and allow it to be a place where God can speak a new word into your life. Christ meets us in this dark, sacred space. Because in the beginning, y'all, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the dark and the light, and all of it was very good. The word became flesh. In the beginning, the word became flesh, and it comes to us as a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Before we collect offering, 
I'm going to read a blessing for you. It's also by Jan Richardson. I think she's great. So I invite you to receive this blessing. You can sit there. You can... Um, uh, uh, body prayer way of receiving a blessing would be to hold your hands out either on your lap Um, you can have eyes open or closed you can just sit how you were too but please receive this blessing (coughs) a blessing for traveling in the dark go slow if you can slower More slowly still, friendly dark or fearsome, this is no place to break your neck by rushing, by running, by crashing into what you cannot see. Then again, it is true, different darks have different tasks. And if you have arrived here unawares, if you have come in peril or in pain, This might be no place you should dwaddle. I do not know what these shadows ask of you, what they might hold that means you good or ill. It is not for me to reckon whether you should linger or you should leave. But this is what I can ask for you, that in the darkness there is a blessing that in the shadows there be a welcome, that in the night you be encompassed by the love that knows your name. Amen.